welcome into Adam's Plus One, where as you know, my Plus One is always the star of the show. I'm just here to make sure that we somewhat stay on track. Obviously, I don't do a good job of that. I chat a lot. However, we have an awesome guest today, and it just so happens that our first female guest is on the same week that we celebrate International Women's Day. I did not plan this, but I'm really happy it happened. So what's up, Tosh? How are you doing? So true. Hey, hey, what is up? I am so excited for this conversation. It's going to be absolutely an awesome episode. And thank you so much for having me and for letting me be a part of this platform. I'm so pumped and so excited just to get to know you. And I know we have a good a good layout of what we're going to talk about we today. We sure so do, fun. and I would love to introduce you, but you can do that if you'd like. Would you like to give everyone an oh. introduction of who you are, what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Taj, like the Taj Mahal, Taj Wilding. And uh, and yeah, I man, I, I'm here because I met Austin through Instagram and the magic of Instagram. But um, My name is Austin now? A, you call me Austin? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Don't I just looked at a text it. that had Austin on it, and Adam is literally. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Adam. Hey, it's cool. Wow, it's cool. I only yeah, it's said cool. it's Adam's plus one. This is this is gonna make for a better uh, recording, anyway. It's true. <laughs> it's the other. It's the other Adam. Um, but no, I uh, I'm a nutritionist and personal trainer. That's my that's my full time gig. It's my full time job. That's that's my career. That's my background. It's my brain. Um, and I have a huge background in that too. You know, uh, I'm an Olympic weightlifting coach and, and powerlifting coach, and it's a huge passion of mine. And that's something that you're probably going to see a lot in my content too. Um, but I have a huge passion for people and a little bit of like, you know, what we were talking about yesterday. That's a, a part of my intro, I guess, is that I'm from the network marketing background, most importantly, like the business overall background and a big part of my message and what I try to like direct what I talk about is two people who want to do more and want to learn more about the business world, but it's very parallel with the pa- with the passion of health and fitness. And so that's a lot of who I am. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. And uh, in a nutshell, I guess. We to love just... it. We love it. We love the rundown. <laughs> Add that up for you. We do love the rundown, but let's just be real for a second. It's Saturday. What the hell's going on, dude? What's going on today? What you been up to? Groceries. You know what? That's the highlight of my Saturday. I love, I love food and I love groceries, and uh, yeah. And I got like we were just talking before this call. Um, I got a really good leg workout today. What'd you do? And What'd you do? What was the, what was the, I did, Walk me through every exercise, real quick. <laughs> I did a lot of hip thrusts just because I didn't get enough of them this week, and uh, I did a lot of step ups and a lot of. Um, a lot of Bulgarian split squats because I hate them. So I wanted to just like really annihilate them. And I'm actually like coming out of recovery from shoulder surgery. I had shoulder surgery in October, so I can't get underneath the bar yet. Like my mobility is off. So I'm just trying to get creative in every single way to make sure I'm focusing on like compound For barbell squats. But yeah, yeah. I can't deadlift either. Like that pronated grip, I can't, I can't, I'm not clear to do that yet. So I have to get creative. And so when I do leg day, I'm just like, let's just shorten the rest periods and let's go crazy in the work period. So I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. When I, I used to train at a gym in Rockford, like 25 minutes away. I love it. Peak fitness. Anyone listening that knows peak, the peak on state is the best gym in the area. I will not argue, but it's like 25 minutes away. And I like to train for two hours, an hour to two hour and a half, two hours. And the YMCA is local. I'm a board member there Mm -hmm. and it's five minutes away. So when you wake up early, your commute's down. Anyways, they have just enough where a bodybuilder could get a workout. However, they don't have like a, they don't have the awesome, like, um, 
what you would call your uh, hack squat machine, right? So yeah. my friends are like, I don't know how you how you get your lower in there because they don't have these machines and whatnot. And I always tell people, do you have front squats suck? So I just do a ton of front squats. I do have a ton of Bulgarian split squats. I, I just take the bare minimum resources you have and you can do it, right? They have a leg extension, yeah. they've got the leg curl. And is it fun to do front squats? No, it sucks, but that's how you build your quads. So I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, of what you just said. Like you, you're doing the Bulgarians because they suck. And that's, that's really a good way. It's kind of like that constant grounded way to keep you, I don't know, I think sharp and hungry. So, yeah. And there's other ways you can like angles are huge, yeah. you know, heels elevated, front foot elevated, like you can do different positions with your your feet as well too. I mean, with you could use a leg extension machine, which I know they have at a YMCA, yep. and pointing your toes is going to activate all parts of all the quads, even leading up all the way to the top of the head. And if you point out to the right, you're going to work your adductors. If you po- point out to the left and inwards, you're going to work that sweep. Yep. And so, you know, you just get creative and, and use different angles. And, Speaking my language, you know, I love this. I knew you'd be a good yeah, one, too. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm a, we've got, I'm a nerd. We've got tons to get through, and I'm excited yeah. to jump in. But so I came across your profile recently in the past few months, and something that stands out to me, dude, is you're super positive. I love positive people. Thank you. I really do. No, you're. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank oh. you. And the first question when I was putting together, like, what do I want to ask her? Is where does your positivity come from? Is this something you work at? Were you just born with it? I want you to explain because I think it's extremely important that people understand someone that is as positive as you are. I'm just, I'm genuinely, genuinely curious, but walk me through that. Yeah, no, thank you. That's a great question. Um, You know, I was thinking about this and I think that when you're wanting to, because being positive is, and everyone can probably relate to this because I've heard people say like, oh, I need to be more positive. So it's a choice, right? But um, I think that it came from a place of very much like what I didn't want. You know, you're either driven or you're running from the nightmare. And uh, I've never thought like, I want to be more positive. I just knew like I didn't ever want to be what I was always around growing up. And a lot of people were talking about the weather and talking about everything that was going wrong. And I just wanted to be like, I mean, I I wanted to not be (laughs) like that. But, um, and, and it can be a a difficult decision, but over time, you know, it's just a habit, right? Like just like thoughts that we have our habits too. And over time, it was just a lot easier to lean in towards the thing that brought me more peace. You know, I didn't want to sit in the negativity. I didn't want to sit in seeing what was going wrong with everything, Um, And that might just sound kind of lame as an answer, but I think just, you know, reflecting growing up, it was a lot of like, I I was around a lot of negative people and a lot of people that saw the the bad in everything too. And in everyone, I, I was around a lot of people that had a lot of trust issues and I just wanted to trust people. And I had a hard time doing that when I was you know, in that same mindset. So yeah, you're, you're stuck so, yeah. in that, in that, what you'd call like the, the, the bucket of crabs, if you will. Right. Yeah. But, right. Exactly. You don't need a lid yeah. <laughs> because other people will pull you down. No doubt. No doubt. What that reminds me of is like you saying, I didn't want to be like that. So it just made sense to go the other way. That was a big motivation of mine when I was in college. I was so afraid I was going to not graduate. Like I was I'm like, Oh man, I'm not smart enough to graduate from college. So I was so afraid to fail 
out of flunk out of college that that motivated me to like that's why I graduated top of my class and that's why I studied so much I was like no I'm, I'm, if I don't study like ridiculous amount I'm gonna fail but it was yeah. like it wasn't yeah. that I was like super driven to to succeed it was like I'm afraid I'm going to fail this death right? yeah and so you you were doing kind of the similar I don't want to be anything like that so it pushes you in the other direction and then obviously it becomes mm-hmm. a habit and then it becomes who you are and it becomes very apparent yeah. to someone who I've never met you in person but I can just tell like very peaceful person someone that is just uh you know super super strong solid energy it's awesome love it thank you thanks i appreciate i appreciate knowing that it's coming out on the other end virtually as well too yeah that's hard to do when you're building your brand is is you you know who you are in person but how do you how do you convey that right do you do you you take time to do that like when you're thinking about what you're posting or is it just, just how do you go about that there's like a lot of things that I think I need to work on in in conveying different parts of who I am that I want to share like the silly things and the things that like I'm I love about myself just being a nerd and being silly and messing up and like the things that I say but uh I like think calling Adam my, Austin you know what I mean like that I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. It's all good. Hey. It's my first podcast. Hey. For anybody who's listening, this is my first podcast ever. And I have grace with myself. <laughs> Thank God Adam has grace with me. No doubt. But we're just going <laughs> to. No, you're fine. No, it's good though. You're fine. For the books. Yes. And again, just reminding everyone, you're on. We have, Ad- we have Taj on Adam's Plus One. This is our fourth episode. First female. We just celebrated the international. Women's Week. We didn't plan this, but we'll take credit as if we did. Taz yeah. called me, Austin. I'm forgiving her. You should forgive. <laughs> if there's someone in your life that wronged you today, please, we are encouraging you to forgive them by listening to this and, and uh, hopefully inspire you. Okay. We, we did chat. So anyone listening, I got to chat with Taj last night for a little bit, and it was we were just doing a test run on, on technology. We obviously both love to talk. As you can tell, we have great energy. I think we have a great mix here, and we're yeah. like 20 minutes into almost talking about the podcast. I'm like trying to halt it because it was going so well. Anyways, a question I wanted to ask you last night. I'm happy that we touched on it, but let's let's dive in. What does like a typical day look like for you? Obviously, I follow you on social, but do you? What's your routine? Do you have a routine? Are you routine oriented, or you just kind of go with the flow? What works for you? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. I have a, a really like I have a routine and I have a structure. I have a skeleton. I don't, I'm not mean or beat myself up if I don't hit every single thing. But um, my husband and I call like our whole day, we we look at our, we every single Sunday we look at our week as a whole. And then we break down our days as a whole. Yeah. And the way that I look at a day is in three different sprints. You have your first chunk of your morning. And so the part of my routine is I'll get up every morning. And like I talked to you last night, like my faith is my faith. And the first thing I do when my feet hit the floor is I thank God. And I just say, thank you for waking me up and making me happy, healthy, and whole. It's so important to me. Um, and then the next thing is I, I focus on input. And for me, that's the Bible or a book that I'm reading. And, uh, and that, that input is like super important for me to renew my mind so that I can be set for the day or else I know like the rest of the day, I'm gonna, my thoughts are just going to be everywhere. That's just something I've learned over time. So that's the first thing. Um, and then I wish I was journaling more. Like I, everyone's just like all about journaling and I think it's so great. I haven't done that yet, but I want that to be a part of my routine. And then usually I try to get some movement in. So I want, like I usually walk my dog, um, and I work out in the evening. Ideally I would love to work out in the morning 
just because, but just is not happening right now. So that's what's happening. Um, and then I go over my messages. I actually have like a statement for my mission and my, like what I, my, you know, what I've established is like what I'm heading towards my purpose. And I read it every morning and it's right on my desk. And before I even open up my laptop and expose myself to digital world (laughs) or emails or anything, I have to remind myself, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And, uh, and that's my routine. And then I work a full-time job outside of my businesses and, I, you know, work my job and I'm a nutritionist throughout the day, personal trainer. I work with the people. And then when five o'clock hits, um, I jump into business mode and I focus on like, what can I do to expand my network or add value to people? Or, you know, I have habits around my business as well, too. Um, then I'll hit the, hit the gym. And, uh, were you just asking about my like daily routine? Yeah, you're answering the question. I know it's your first time on a podcast and you already had a slip up, but this one... (laughs) You're crushing, dude. You're good. It's not my first time talking to people, though. I love people. I couldn't tell. Um, oh, okay, great. Well, now you do. But um, yeah, then then you know, my husband and I meal prep too, so we just have our meals that are plugged in the day, so that we don't have to worry about it. And uh, then the the last sprint of the day, because the middle part is that work sprint, right, where you're like showing up to be your best for that middle sprint. And then the last part of that day is. Um, just, you know, like my husband and I really want to be intentional with each other and we do something that makes us happy. And we usually watch like funny YouTube videos for like 40 minutes and then we turn it off. We go to the gym and then we come home and then I focus on reading or I focus on like, what am I going to end the day with my brain? And then I have a hatch. I don't know if you've heard of hatch, but like, (laughs) you do. It's so nice. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. I love, I'm like, whoever invented, I'm going to meet them one day they are and I'm awesome. going to shake their hand yeah. and we're going to hug. It's going to be amazing. What do you, what do you guys listen yeah. to? Uh, what's your, what's your like bedtime? Like, what do you guys listen to? Oh, uh, the lo-fi. You like lo-fi. I starts with the lo-fi and I think I have like the, my Malibu sunset. Okay. We'll check that out. I think out. that's what I have. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after the, the lo-fi ends, I do rain, but I want, I'm thinking I'm going to change it to ocean. We do ocean and, uh, the whole way. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Ocean and there's, there's a river. There's like a river rain one that I really like too. Really good. Yeah. I feel like that would make me have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Just like the river. I like thunderstorms. I really like thunderstorms. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'll try that one. But I like that. I know. I woke up to rain the other day. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, I just have the sunrise in the morning. Right now, I have birds, and I think I'm gonna change it. Do you really? Oh my god! It's so peaceful when you wake up, and it slowly gets bright, and you hear the birds chirping. Yes. I love that, yeah. dude. It's so nice. And then you get you. It becomes a habit, right? Right. It's your new like internal alarm clock. As opposed, it's amazing. As opposed to the iPhone that's like, and then that's just yeah. not enjoyable. Like, come on, no, no. one wants that. Right? No. Uh-uh. So go back to your routine. So it sounds like you kind of split your day up into sprints. That's what I'm hearing. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. Cool. So how many sprints are there? Three. Three. That's so dope, dude. I Three really, sprints. I love that you guys um, just sit down and watch like funny uh, YouTube videos and then mm-hmm. you go train because I'm sure that's a really good way to, and maybe you could comment on it more. You you went through, you know, the work part of the day. That's going to be very tiring. That would just seem like such a good, it's almost like you, um, 
you work really hard and then you just you just let your mind go anywhere it wants like it just relaxes it doesn't have to be used yeah because you're trying to gear up yeah. to then go lock in at the gym right it's like how right. that goes yeah exactly yeah i mean something that we've learned over time is so my husband works at a car dealership and our goal is to build our businesses to a place where that's becoming the primary income because we we want to be we love entrepreneurship like that's what we thrive on a lot more but in the meantime like that's where he works so when he gets home um we found just like when him when he comes home he sits in the car or he prays on the, the way home he just like turns everything off and just like <laughs> sits you know yeah. and just decompresses because I, and another thing too, is like, if he's not done decompressing, I'm not going to come to him with like a million things and just load that on him because he just it. got done. Yeah. Yeah. And I work from home, so he's not going to do that to me either. Cause I'm probably still in work mode, but, um, just that division, you know, like it's really helped us learn the power of intentionality with our day, with our hours, with our time and with appreciating every single thing that we want to do. And, and when you're intentional with it, you appreciate it. Like I, I don't have issues with connecting with him. Like we, we don't sit in front of a <laughs> screen all day, but like that that's intentional for us. Cause it's something we genuinely like doing. Yeah. We love eating food and laughing. Like that's just, we came to the conclusion actually last Saturday, we were like, we love these things right. we're not lazy we just love these things nothing wrong with it and then you know so yeah something that katie and i do and she it, i got to give her big time credit on this is and we we did this just a few days ago every like week or two instead of like hey what do we need to work on in our relationship we do a hey how did i make you feel loved recently like over the last week because there could be something that Katie's doing that I really appreciate or that I'm doing mm -hmm. and she really appreciates. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap, I just kind of did that on a whim. Let me do that. Let me make that more of a habit, right? And so yeah. that's something that's worked that's for us. Good. And it's just amazing. It's awesome to hear from other people what they do. Uh, we, we, we've been watching Dexter uh, at night lately, and that's really been – it's been awesome. So whoever <laughs> has their thing, I'm sure, in relationships. We've got tons yeah. to get into. Uh, the one thing yeah. that I wanted to point out, and you can comment on it before we kind of segue – is it sounds like your faith has a big um, play or it has a big impact on your positivity. Would you agree? It sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. It's it's like the the keystone. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. No, you can tell me. Yeah. You can tell it's very strong. So we got a Thank positive you. plus one on the show today. Again, you're listening to Adam <laughs> Plus One with Taj. And again, I just want to say one thing to my listeners. If you are enjoying this episode or enjoyed any of the episodes up to this point, we only ask one thing to share with someone. I don't, it doesn't matter who you could, again, you could share it in a conversation. You can share it in your story, shoot it to somebody. Um, you can get the link on Spotify and yeah, please share it if you like it. That's all that we ask. Okay. We talked about entrepreneurship. Let's talk about another ship. Let's talk about leadership. And so I'm really yeah. curious. Um, how does Taj define leadership? That's another great question. So I, you know, um, when I started jumping into like the business world, I just wanted more. I think like I was 21 or 20, how old was I? 23? I don't know. But I, uh, yeah, 22. And I was, um, I just wanted money. Like I just wanted to kind of like put myself somewhere that was noticeable and I wanted to make money and I wanted to have a name for myself. And it was very like an immature drive, right? Yeah. And uh, I didn't really have that much of a faith, actually. Like, I uh, was raised LDS, actually, and then stepped away from it and now 
went into my own faith walk. It's a huge part of leadership, actually, now knowing. But um, going into uh, the, the network marketing world after many different businesses and owning many different businesses prior to that, and then getting around other people, it gives you the opportunity to meet other people that, that are working in this field, right? right? And something that you learn is, you know, this this field and this industry specifically is very much on leadership. And when someone comes into this industry, they, they just are like, I just need to do the thing. I just need to do the thing. I just need to do the stuff. And I just need to do the thing. Even like a new, uh, you know, personal training client, they're like, I just need to show up. I need to go to the gym. I need to do the thing. I need to work. And it, you know, leadership starts with leading yourself. And the biggest thing that I've learned through that whole journey of entrepreneurship and then getting around people who've been that example is leadership first starts with yourself. And I think an overall quality is, is or three qualities is empathy, um, obviously like understanding of people, but being very direct and honest as well and, and being okay with that. Um, but, but empathy is a big, it's a big thing when it comes to leadership because leadership means that you're working with people. It means that you are, you're first establishing a relationship with yourself and being okay with yourself. But, but most importantly, it's, it's then learning how to lead others through example and it comes with empathy and it comes with also like an a, a eager for understanding. Yeah. You know, an eagerness to be interested in other people. Right. And and I think, you know, humility and all those other things, they kind of like trickle down below all of that. But the the key cornerstone of what I've learned is is empathy. And I had a hard time with that. That's why I talk about it so much, is because I was very much like a I grew up, you know, my dad's like military state department CIA dude and um there was no empathy in the house. Yeah. And so, you know, I think when I see a good leader, I see that they have understanding and they, they want to understand. And they most importantly have empathy for what's going on in someone's life. But they're also direct and they know how to share what needs to be said. And sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, what needs to be said. Going back to my faith, you know, the, and my husband and I were talking about this the other day is like the most incredible leader that I look to, for example, is Jesus. He, he leaded, he led, leaded words. He just, he was an incredible leader and he understood people and he wanted to understand them and he took the time and he also showed by example, but he also said things that people were offended by. Yeah. So one thing that puts me thought about Jesus and then I'm going to talk about something else, but comment back on this. I went to St. Louis University for my listeners, so you know I've got a little Jesuit in me. So here we go. But, oh, that's cool! That's cool! That's cool! Yeah, I bring it down. Uh, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> stories is is it Mary Magdalene when when they they want to stone her, they want to throw rocks at her because uh, adultery, right? And Jesus says you can anyone basically throw a stone as long as you've never sinned before, right? Yeah. And what he's really saying is have some empathy, right? I, I think that's yeah. where empathy comes into play. And actually, today Katie and I were we went out to breakfast. And I just told her, she's telling me about this, um, someone at work that is new and they're training this girl. And we talked about how important it is that people remember what day one felt like in anything, right? And so yeah. talking about military, I can give you an example. When I joined the military, yeah, you go through training, blah, 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 blah. You end up at your duty station. And my duty station was in um, Washington, Joint Base Lewis McCourt. When you show up at the duty station, yeah, you went through training, but this is a new world, man. This is your new job. You don't know anyone on this base. I'm a kid from Chicago or near the Chicago area. I'm 19. I don't know anything. I'm wet behind the ears. 
And I remember my first interaction with one guy was just so figure it out. I'm not here to help you, whatever. And then, Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel lost. Like you have that panic feeling. And then there's that Mm -hmm. other person, just conversely, a guy named Thomas, who took me under his wing and said, oh, you need to know how to get this. I'll show you. Oh, you need to do it. Let me show you how to do that. And I remember that amazing feeling of, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. And I told myself, yeah. when I'm in a position where I know something about this place and someone's new, I'm not going to be like that first person. I'm going to have some empathy and I'm going to show that new person what's going on because I know that feeling, it sucks. It sucks to be the new yeah. person and not know what's going on. And so as a leader, I think it's huge, obviously, to have empathy. Like, remember, if you're a PhD and you have kids in your you know class, like you can't speak it to them like another PhD. You've got to remember what it was like day one. It's very right. difficult to do that. I, yeah. I think it's a struggle for... Some people get it and some people don't, but it's definitely huge in leadership. And I agree with you. I think a big, uh, I think a really, that's a really great example. I think like what, when you were talking about that, the biggest thing that is an example of, of what leadership really is, is the person who's willing to do the hard thing first. And the, the, you know, the person who came in and showed you how to do all of those things. Thank you for your service, by the way. Um, the those things that that you didn't know how to do well he took a step first and he learned how to do whether someone showed him or not and then he also took that step that might have been difficult to show the next person because you still have a choice right like you can you can have knowledge but it's your choice whether you're gonna lead the next person or show the next person and every every little level within leadership is always that willingness to do that hard thing first and that you know, and it can be in any playing field in anything. Yeah, and, and I, yeah. what what you notice is is that is that some leaders I've, I've been around great ones. I've been around some that I would say were subpar, or some that just didn't want to be a leader, and that's okay. You can't have a, you can have a title mm-hmm. that says you're in a leadership position and not be a leader. And so, yeah. I've been around the ones that are subpar, and what you notice is they'll they'll make remarks like, "Hey, I had to figure it out. You figure it out." And mm-hmm. I always, I always laugh at that because I, I always, this is my analogy as a bodybuilder. So anyone that lifts weights will laugh at this. Imagine taking <laughs> someone into the gym that just wants to learn how to work out. It's important to them. And then you tell them, yeah, go do incline dumbbell press and not show them the form or not show them how to do that. Yeah. But you know how to we'll right. figure it out. I learned how to figure it out. It's just like so bogus. And so imagine doing that to someone in their career when you could, yeah. you could help expedite the process for this person. Well, I'd figure mm-hmm. it out. It sucked for me. So it should suck for you. It's a mindset I saw a lot in the military. Well, you have to do it the way I did it. And I, I've always believed in, and I can tell you, <laughs> buy into, evolve. Like, we should be evolving, improving processes, right? Making people better, faster, quicker, helping. So definitely agree yeah. with you on that, man. Do you, yeah, Do you want to dive into – sorry, you have more? Go ahead. Oh, no. No, that was good. Cool, cool. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about this before. You wrote this out in our outline that you filled out, which, by the way, we're here on Adams Plus One. We've got Taj as in Taj Mahal, and we just want to say <laughs> she was very generous, and she it has us uh, four for four. She donated to the Belvedere YMCA. I'm a board member, and just from all the people at the YMCA, we want to say thank you, Taj, for your donation. Appreciate you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Okay, so what are we currently seeing with respect to, like, uh, does this go with leadership? You, you want to talk about what we are currently seeing with Gen Z, Gen Y, millennials. And are these, I mean, I, where's this, where's this falling in? Just go ahead and run with it. 
Well, you know, so my husband and I, for the past five years, we've we've ran a network marketing business. And what I'm so grateful for is it's encouraged us to grow skill sets and get around people because it's a people business, right? So you're getting around people. But we've had the opportunity to sit in front of like hundreds, if not maybe a couple thousand of people, one-on-one, getting to know them, seeing where they're headed, and see what value we can add in their life. But the biggest thing that I just keep running into, I don't know, so my favorite book is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And it's so, it's so good um, because he talks about the aspect of leadership. And I don't know if he's like trying to make a hit at like this generation or anything, but you see it a lot, you know, with, um, with what I was talking about before is the lack of leading yourself. Sometimes people think about leadership as like, well, I have to have these credentials. I have to have all this experience. I have to do this, this, and that and have a level of perfection before I can grow an organization or a team or hit a certain level in my career. And what they do is they're literally just limiting themselves and they're waiting for someone else to do it for them. And you see like so many people, I'm running into so many young people these days that are still living with their parents that are working at, you know, Dutch Bros is a great place, great organization, but they're still working at Dutch Bros Mm -hmm. or they're trying to do like the quickest thing that's going to get them just a buck so that they can be able to move on to the next thing. But they're not looking ahead and they're not seeing like if you don't take ownership now, if you don't at least lead yourself now then things aren't going to change because you've had this association for a long period of time where, you know, the, the, for example, their parents, right, just to be direct, is like a completely different generation where they were living a different way. They were doing things a different way. And so now they're tra- they see that things are changing and they want to help their kids by avoiding them doing the things, you know, paying for something here, paying for something there. And I got, I mean, like, I'm very, I'm very blessed. When I was 18, I was like, I cannot wait to get out of my house. And I paid for everything. Right. I'm very grateful that I struggled in that way so that I could be able to learn how to pay for everything and pick myself up and travel across the country to go to college. And my mind was just like, I'm going to figure it out. Well, you're, you're more independent, and, which makes you, in a, in a, in a, I mean, this in a good way, it makes you a more dangerous individual, more strong, solid individual. Because if Taj wakes up tomorrow and says, I want to go on a trip, you don't have to go oh, I got to call mom or dad and figure out like <laughs> how to do this, right? You have the confidence yeah. and you've had the experience to you know, go after something. So, right. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm very grateful for that because, I mean, with that also, just like Spider-Man comes great response, you know, <laughs> great responsibility. We love um, comics on this show, so we love you so much. I saw you mixing Marvel with DC, though, and I was like, you know, I respect you. But I'm just going to stick to what I like. Wait, wait. oh, so and you're Marvel then? I am. You're Marvel. No DC Even though I, at all. I do love DC. It's just who you, like... Who do you love in the DC? I lean. I love Batman. Okay. I absolutely love Batman. D- um, yeah. But anyways, let's take, let's take a step back. Let's, <laughs> let's take a step back. Right, right. We'll, get back to, we'll get back to this. Um, but, um, you know, I just like... I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, it put me in a place where going back to what we were talking about leadership, I lacked empathy because I was like, well, why don't you just figure it out? Why don't you just like go headstrong and figure? So when I'm sitting with people and if I said, okay, like, you know, we have this educational meeting at this time, can you prioritize this in their schedule? And they're like, oh, well, I have like, 
a doctor's appointment at noon and the meeting's not till like 8 p.m. And so in their head, they're like, my whole day is taken up because I have one appointment. And they're just not used to taking ownership and leadership and directing their life and directing their day. They're like, I have one responsibility, so my day is therefore locked. That's just a pattern that I kept running into. And, and at that time, I was like, what is wrong with you? But going back to, you know, I'm very grateful for that because then I had to learn like, okay, they're just at this place right now where they don't know how to balance those things. And so, you know, what I can do is I can reach out and I can say, I totally get you probably feel like you're swamped. I just want to let you know this is at this time and you can do this. You can divide up your day and you can make that happen. I hope you do. I hope you can. And I'm here if you have any questions. If not, I wish you the best. And that just takes, you know, that one that helps you build a relationship, but I think it helps what I learned over time, that connection just helped people open their eyes a little bit. And they were like, oh my gosh, like I, I actually do need to like take some ownership in these things that I'm going to add into my day if I really want to see change. Yeah. And there's some people that are at this place in their age where they don't see that yet. That's just not their association. It's not their focus. But I think, you know, with college being, there's so many like, um, student aid things going on. So at the moment, it's like, this is covered for you. But then once responsibility hits, there's so much stress and there's not a foundation of preparation or leadership that's taught them how to handle that coming out. So then they're just like, well, what's next? What do I do? How do I lead myself? And um, it's just, what's the next thing? It's, it's to have a job. Not that jobs are bad or anything, but like if that's all you're taught to do and then you're overwhelmed and you, you're not learning how to take ownership. It's just understanding if you're stressed, learn a diff- get a different association, get, a, get around people that are going to help you learn how to take some steps so that you feel more confident and less overwhelmed. And my heart goes to like that whole generation because I see a lot of people that are growing either into entrepreneurship or they're, they're like taking steps and they're like, I want to do more, man. Like I want to freaking, I want to go crazy and achieve huge things and make a huge impact. And there's some people who are like, I'm just going to stay in my lane. And, and sometimes yeah. people that are trying to stay in their lane, they want to do the minimum required, but get the highest output. And it's very difficult yeah. to basically tell someone it's not, that, does, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. You see it, right? I, I, right. I'll use a lot of different analogies, but you could, I could use the army. I could use college. We would talk about how you score well on your PT test or how you score in an exam or on a, in a class. You see it anywhere, right? What you would notice is people, some people would be like, what do I need to pass, right? And I'd always think yeah. they're going to do the bare minimum to just pass. Like they're, that, that, yeah. that, that's actually what a lot of people do, in, unfortunately. I mean, you have a lot of people that do that in their life too. And I was always thinking, man, you shouldn't even be thinking that way. Just think like, well, how do you get the best score, right? Because <laughs> if you, yeah. you train to get your best score, if you train, like you said, those other people are going to achieve as much as they can, they might not achieve as much as they can, but look at the hell of a lot closer than the other people that right. are like, yeah, I just kind of want to, you know. Yeah. That one, and my uh, heart really goes to them, right? though, because I just, like, I look at, like, I look at just my past and my upbringing and everything that I've had in that earlier stages was just based off of what I was around and who was raising me at that time. Right. And they were doing the best that they could. So then therefore whoever's coming out of that is doing the best that they can. And talk about that. I, like, when you say you're up they were doing the best they could. What was that like? Was it, did you have to shoulder a load then? Cause it sounds like at 18 you were ready to go. So what was it like being like growing up? Yeah. Um, I, my parents had a very, have a very difficult relationship. They're still together. And, um, you have siblings, by the way, too. I do. I do. How many? 
I have two what? brothers, and I'm the middle child. Okay, I was going to say, you're either the oldest or the middle. I was just going to guess, but... I'm the middle. Yeah. No, it's... Sometimes you can tell with middle kids, too, right? Um, we're just, like, the black sheep. I don't know. You're talking to one. There's a really... <laughs> I'm the middle of... <laughs> yes! Yeah! <laughs> I had on. a feeling... Yeah, exactly. No, that's what that's like one of the descriptions is middle middle kids get along. They find each other. There's a really good book called Wired That Way that like really helped me <laughs> understand that. But anyways, like growing up, you know, um I was very different. Like uh my brothers very much leaned on the uh they wanted everything taken care of them and and they're completely different places in their life than I am and I respect them and they're great and I I believe the heck out of them. I think that they can do incredible things once they choose that they want to and once they choose to take steps forward towards that. And my dad, you know, growing up he wasn't home very much. He he wasn't really home till I was like 8 years old because he was traveling all over the world and um he, he had a really stressful job. And that took a lot of stress on him and just how he reacted and how he responded was something that I never really resonated with. How he treated my mom wasn't something I really resonated with. And he he was working on himself and he was working through hard things on himself. So, I mean, that's all I can really say about that. But in regards to like the upbringing, I think I, I really just took a step back as the middle child, as you can do. And you just start studying people and you're like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like how this person's talking to this person. Um, you know, I, I don't like how this is kind of laying out and I, I'm very grateful again that I just happened to think like, well, I'm sure that I can control things a different way. Um, my uncle and my aunt actually were huge influences in my life and they, uh, on my mom's side, my mom's brother. And, uh, and what, are their, man, what are their names? Uh, his name is Mason and my, his name is Mace and her name's Raina. Mace and Raina, um, we just want to give you a little shout out right here. You, you helped out <laughs> and, and influenced someone we all really appreciate having around the show. So big shout out to them. Oh, that's so cool. No, they're awesome. They're amazing. They, you know, I'm really, I'm really into music. Like we were talking about yesterday. Uh, I thought I was going to finish school with being a m- music major in like musical education and vocal emphasis. And I ended up in nutrition, <laughs> but at the same time, like my uncle, both my uncles, they really influenced me in music. Like one of my uh, uncles is really, they're both really talented with like guitar and creating music and producing it. And, uh, and it, he really took me under his wing and my aunt taught me just how to look at people differently. And she taught me how to talk to people differently. And they showed me that like, you know, every time I was, I was at their house, I was just so grateful that I was there. Cause I was like, this is how I want to live, man. <laughs> you know? And this is what right feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, you know, I would go to them for everything. And, you know, I, I, over time, as I got older, I started to kind of just separate myself from a lot of things and just work on myself. And now I'm reestablishing those relationships as I've created huge boundaries. But um, I just, you know, it was very, I did have to kind of take on a lot on myself when I was early, when I was younger, but I wanted to, like, I wanted to grow. I wanted to get out of there. And, and uh, I was the cheesy young girl that was like so excited to marry the guy who was going to yank me out of this situation. Right. And every time I'd like pray (laughs) for her, I'd be like, please give me a husband. And uh, I'm like, there was another lesson that I had to learn, like how to budget or how to save or how to like, you know, change my clothes when I left the house. I don't know. But my, you know, um, my husband, I met him in college and he's like, the he's 
the opposite of what I was raised with, which is what I was praying for. I think, like I was saying, I just wanted this, the opposite of everything that I had, right? And he is amazing. He's the coolest dude. And he really gave me, I'm just very much like, and he's so chill and very foundational and grounded. And he, um, he, he's awesome. That's he's awesome. amazing. So I love it. Yeah. We love it. I want to point out one thing you talked about leadership with, uh, with empathy. And also I love the analogy or nothing analogy, just the way you explained that you could realize and recognize these different, the ch- different generation and how these people below you have, have, have been raised in that, that impacted the way you communicated with them. And I like the way you did that because one of my favorite writers, Ryan holiday, he has, awesome books. He'll be talked about a lot on this podcast. But one thing that he says, right, and it goes with what you just said. He always says, be strict with yourself, tolerant with others. And what he talks about is he has an awesome thing about self-discipline. And I posted it on my story multiple times, but it's called self-discipline. It's for yourself. It's not so you throw it on other people. Like my standards Mm -hmm. are your standards, right? I wake up at Mm -hmm. 4.50 in the morning. That's why I like to train. You like to train at night. That's okay, right? I'm not going to say, Todd doesn't wake up early like me and go to the gym. She's not, you know. No, hey, it's, it's you know, be strict with yourself, tolerant with others. So when you're dealing with them and you're, you know that you were raised a certain way, you, you appreciate that and you, you know, maybe had that early on, you can still, like, just, you know, not look at them and think, oh, how could you be like that, right? As opposed to, you know, instead you're, you're being strict with you and, and tolerant with them. I think that's really awesome, dude. I think that's big time. So as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Learn how to love people from a distance and, uh, and, and just understand that that's okay. That's that, that has nothing to do with who you are. Or you're, you're not lacking as a person in a relationship, but you're really creating a boundary to create strength so you can show up for them in, in a great way as well too. And then, and then you said, yeah, exactly. Right. And then you also said, and you, you wish them well. Right. And I, I, I like that because the point I, I take from that is, you also don't invest, you don't over-invest, right? You tell right. them what they need to know, you're concise, but you're not going to bend over backwards and, and remind people to do this or to do that. Hey, here it is as a leader, kind of going back on the point about telling them or being honest and being direct as a leader. Yeah. yeah I think one of, the, one of the things I've learned is if you want to become a great leader and a great communicator, accumulate hours of uncomfortable conversations. Yes. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, yeah. I, I took that from Jeremiah Sullivan. He's an awesome guy, uh, former military. He runs a, a, um, a program called Conquer Academy, which I went through for a year. And I just ran with that. And so anytime somebody like is being passive aggressive with me, I'm very big on, I will just pull them aside, look them in the eye and say, Hey, is that something going on? Do you want to talk? Is it weird at first? Yeah. But when you get comfortable doing that, people respect it. And, and usually mm-hmm. I've, I've only found positives from that. Sometimes they're like, yeah. hey, it's totally not you. I'm just having a bad day. Sometimes they say, right. hey, Adam, when you said that, I, I just didn't like the way you said that. And I yeah. go, okay. And I filter that and then I can adapt, right? But then there's not right. a lingering thing. And as a leader, that's it's difficult to do that. But once you do, man, that's like a, that's a, like a, that's a superpower to have. Yeah. The fact that, yeah, when you take the chance, when you take the moment to identify that and you read it, whether you read it right or wrong, the fact that you take them aside and do that shows that you care about what they're feeling and how they're thinking and and what they're thinking about if they had a bad day the fact that you pulled them aside shows that you care and then it gives you an opportunity to grow and if you were wrong and they were like you know you, you know like you said this and and whatever it gives you the opportunity to step up and apologize and either way you're you're growing with that person 
I love I love the idea of a leader that's very lighthearted and is bold to the point where sometimes people are like, ah, I don't like sometimes what you say, but I like being around you. Right. You know, right. and I think that is uh, it comes with a lot of conversations that are uncomfortable, but there's confidence with that. And then p- people benefit from that because they they know that you care. Yeah. And that's what really matters. And they know you're yeah. real because you're being real with them. Last thing on leadership and let's get into your businesses is okay. one, of my, one of my favorite <laughs> leaders ever said this, and I love it. He, he would always say this in the army. I can dog a soldier because I feed him. And when I remember being 20, 21 in the army, like, I love that saying. And then I would think about it. And it's right because for Sergeant Morgan, he could, he could hold you accountable. He could almost be rude to you, right? He could really get it, dig into you because he, would, he was the first person that would fight for something for you, that would have your back. That would encourage you. So he would always say, I can dog a soldier because I feed him, right? And I always love that. So mm. that's enough on that's leadership. Cool. Let's talk about your business ventures. Um, okay. What are you in right now in terms of business, ownership, and how long have you been running the business? Is it just you? Anyone else with you? Touch on that. Yeah. So like I was saying before, um, I've been in the network marketing space for like five years with me and my husband, we've owned an Amway business and we worked with a a mentorship organization that was separate to that. It was very, very, it's very incredible. Um, They taught me a lot of what I know. They helped me in in so many different ways. And um, now I actually own separately. I personally own and run a Monate business and it's in the network marketing field. And we were talking about this last night. Like I didn't, I didn't start it because I'm obsessed or passionate about shampoo. I love the network marketing model because it it encourages people to lean into leadership and understand it more, but it encourages people to also develop skill sets that like they need in their life. You know, uh, the, the skill set to talk to people, the skill set to develop themselves, to lean into healthy habits of, of personal growth and personal development. I mean, those are just like a couple. There's so much more, I think, that's developed with it, but um, I... I'm running this business right now, separate from my husband, with a five to 10 year plan in mind and continuing on because I love this business. It's very lucrative. Um, I love that it's about people. I love the fact that I don't have to develop the product, but it are very great products. In fact, side note, like like network marketing as an industry, if you look at the, the products, whether it's in insurance, real estate, um, whatever, or just products like physical products, they are some of the best products because they're, they're, it's a privatized company. Like it's something that is not, there's no shareholders, there's no stockholders. It's something that is, you know, uh, exclusive to someone else to be able to create a business to build from. And so there's so much attention put into that product. I think that's amazing. Um, Sure. There's like some things that go wrong, like any other business, like, you know, Walmart gets sued at like, I think it was the statistic was 10,000 times every single week. Um, my dad sued them twice, so there you go. Like that proves it. Nine hundred. But um, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which, wait, math. You super said quick. That you're not that into shampoo, right? But you've also said you love not- the products, and they're great. So let's ask. I know my listeners can't see you right now, but are you using their products today? I am. Because let me I tell washed you, my hair this today. Hair, this hair looks like it's from Monet. Okay, it looks great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I washed my hair today. Yeah. Um, yeah, after that long leg day, I did. Sorry, I, I didn't Oh, Siri. Siri was wanting to know. Um, but I did a, 
an oil treatment to my hair while I went to the gym and I put my hat on and I let it all lock in and then I went to the go shower and wash my hair. It's a gr- it's a great product. And what's also awesome too in, in the business sense is that when you're working on developing a customer or a client or even if you're helping someone start their own business in the same realm, it's not a huge part of your life that you have to transition. It's it's just your hair care. And as a nutritionist, I looked at it from a business sense and in, in a nutritional sense too, because of all the certifications, because of the standards that they followed. Um, so I appreciated that. And I looked at that very intently. Like I didn't just say, this is fun, like let's go. I was like, no, I need I need a business that's going to be, you know, I looked at the statistics and the, the time of how many people grew in such a short period of time. So they invest into the people that actually want to build a business. That's huge. That's big. Yeah, so, when you can leverage that, that's big time. And they get the support. Yeah. 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 And, and so, I mean, what's great about it too is over time, when you develop people and you help grow people, because it's what essentially it is, you're growing people to have that mindset in themselves to actually grow something that is going to pre- be able to create an ongoing income. Then over time, that turns into residual income. And that needs to be, for me, that's my foundational plan of being able to dive into different streams of income and different projects that I want to work on that that have to do and align with where I'm going and what I want to head towards. So it's not just something that I, you know, jumped into for fun. And I think the, the, the industry gets such a negative stigma because it can grow so quickly. But again, like going back to what we were talking about, it's because there's lack of leadership when teaching someone how to grow a business like this. I think people are really good at repping stuff. But they're not good at like, not that they're not good, but there's lack of leadership in learning how to establish yourself and have a foundation in standing on where you're at, right? Yeah. And, and when you can fit, when you can find that and you have guidance in that, man, like you can do anything. Well, walk me through this. You know? Walk me through this. So before we get to, I want to ask you what's your biggest challenge in the business right now, but, but quickly, what, mm-hmm. how do you, I don't even know how to explain this. How do you get income? Do you, you, you find like, for example, you find X girl that wants to buy the products she buys them every month on a membership you see some of that income how does that work so the company has their own compensation scale right their own compensation plan and first it starts with the product right so if a product is moved if volume is created you know through sales whether it's through a customer or through someone who's buying that is connected to you through referral let's just talk about customers for a second well then you get a percentage and it's 50 cents on the dollar in regards to commissions on on product that you sell just personally is for customers right so let's just break that down um when you have a privatized company like this and especially when they're debt free that's another thing they're they're not like no long-term debt they're debt free that's huge for this big of a company so they have the ability to set money aside from the revenue that's created and they're able to spread it out through all of their their outsourcing for whoever they need to do with with their overhead with employees and all of that but also they have separate money set aside for a bonus structure that's put on top of you know it could be related to retail um so that that's just like one stream alone. And then if you help someone, let's say you network with someone and you're like, hey, have you ever looked into, you know, look, making more income with this type of opportunity? And they want to, if they start a business and they are connected to you, then you get a bonus based off of that referral. 
you know, real estate is very similar in this, you know, like um, just how that whole structure, I have a really good friend who's in real estate. We talk about this all the time. She's like, it's very similar to just how this works and how the competition's broken down and who gets what and what gets where, but it's not coming from anyone's pie, like their income pie. It's always from the corporation or the company that is running where the product is is going right mm. that's the, they're the one that's creating the product and the service and you're the one who's leading it yeah. and so you get compensated for that so as that grows if you have volume that's moved and you're the procuring cause right i i look at it that way it's like a very big network um and de- depending on the amount of people that you help and how much volume they run, you get a percentage based off of that, but it's not coming from their pocket. income. It's right. It's always from the corporation and based, like I said before, they have their own separate, I'll just call it like pool of funds, but account that goes towards their business owners, market partners, but that is distributed based off of, you know, where you're at in the percentage of the compensation structure. Um, it's a sliding commission scale that usually with network marketing in general, like that's usually how that is, is uh, broken down based off of where your volume is at. Okay. looks like you're going to say something. No, no, you're not. Uh, one thing first, my sister's in real estate, Cara, shout out. She's a realtor. We love that. We love that's that. That's cool. We love that cop. So yeah, and no, I was kind of, I was actually thinking the same thing as you, as you pointed it out. Number two, going back, anyone that's listening, I, I love the way that Taj talks about how important it is that the, this company does not have long-term debt or any debt that they have to service. But essentially, if you have debt, before you can put money in anyone's pockets post with profit, right? After you pay all your bills, all your all your salaries, you have to take a portion of your money and pay off your debt for your company to continue on, right? And if you don't have any debt to service, that means after you make your profit, you know, your net income, that means you can give it back, reinvest in the, in the company. You can give it back in these compensation packages. That's yeah. a huge part of, of, of why I would understand why you'd want to be in a, this is more lucrative. Question for you, how long has Monat, Monat been, been around? I probably messed that up, but it's okay. I didn't call it off, so we're good. <laughs> no, you're good. We're even. Um, Monate, so Monate. I, they've been around eight years. Okay. Um, so Monate's been around eight years. And something else that I wanted to say too um, oh, was an example. Perfect example is this month we're doing a for it's a it's a customer appreciation month, and so there's a product that that is retailed at fifty one dollars. It's a, a leave in conditioner, right? I'm not putting a plug for myself. I'm just explaining something financially. But okay, um, <laughs> the it's fifty one dollars. Like you know that I'm sure it costs less, right? But you have to, you have to create a margin in regards to actually make revenue. But still, it retails at $51. And for the whole month, if there's any customers that set an order of $84 or more, that's not very much. Most on statistic, Statistically, most people who order online spend over $100. Yeah. And so the fact that, like, if you spend that much, right, so that someone can actually make a commission, that customer will get that whole product for free. And if you multiply that, like, for the whole month, a whole month where a full product is for free. I know that sounds like, oh yeah, people do that all the time. In my mind, I'm like, that's insane. Think about how much money is set aside to be able to just do that as a perk. And on top of that, they're doing other sales where they're cutting, you know, they're they're cutting down on the price of things for other. I'm like, that's insane. I, I couldn't afford to do that even in other businesses, traditional and in a different network marketing yeah. business. So that's, that was insane. And, um, 
it, it, you know, they're still creating ways to make sure that people still make a good income. And that, that was huge for me because if you're not owning it as a traditional business owner, right? Cause you don't, I mean, you're not, you're not the CEO. You can look at it. You need to look at it as a CEO, but if you didn't create the company, right, then like you, you don't have as much financially invested into the whole starting of the company. So the fact that they have all of those things that they have to pay attention to on top of, you know, what they're doing for you, and then you're still making an income. It's just, it's insane to me. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. I know. That is awesome. And I noticed on your stories, because I'm a creep, not really, I just follow you. And I'm, an, I'm an engaging follower, if you will. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I, I noticed... You posted a few um, females that I saw that have, I mean, I think you have, have quite a few millionaires on that have mm-hmm. went through Monet or they're still owners, I'd imagine, right? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, 80. you talked about 80 of however many versus, did you, didn't you do a comparison? Am I wrong? I don't know if I'm. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of other network marketing companies out there. And like, I'll use, you know, my other, our other business, for example, Amway, it's been around for 60 plus years. How it's many been millionaires around since have 19. You know, I, I'm not sure because it's so worldwide. I don't know the exact number, but I know in the states alone, I think there's not. E- I mean, there's around maybe a hundred, but it's been around for sixty years. Yeah. That's what. I- That's the thing. Yeah. In Korea, it's huge. In Korea, it's like you become a millionaire because they just love the they love the model, they love the services, they love the products. It's a completely different world. In India, it's actually, there's more millionaires, but I think the most are in India. And so, you know, the the statistics are crazy with that company because it is so large and because it's been around for a while. That's just one example. Just an example. Just for reference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then you look at this company where it's still newer and it's, it's created 80. 80 in eight years. That's 10 a year. Yeah. That's exactly. and, And are they, are they global? Are they? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think there, so there's nine countries that we're in right now and they're still expanding. Um, maybe it's 15 again. I've only owned this for a little while, but I, like, I I still love it. But at the same time, like just the fact that it's not global. Something you did right now is awesome. Uh, I'm thinking about this today. I get, I, I watch a lot of sports talk. I watch a lot of, I just like listening to people talk. And I always respect when someone is on TV, if someone's on a podcast, someone asks them a question and they just say, hey, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. It's okay if you don't know, right? And I think we live in a world a lot of times where if you don't know the answer, you just have to make something up or you feel that pressure or totally cool, man. If you don't know, it's all good. Just want to point that out. Yeah. Keep on going if you would like. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was just going to say like the, uh, the fact, even if it was just the United States, that's insane it's insane so yeah um and the the whole model is is the way that i break it down if i teach anybody in a nutshell what the whole model is because there's a lot of misconception and i don't really i don't really care like i think skepticism is just based off of lack of knowledge and my whole goal is to help educate someone right like i see that in the nutritional world too um but it's just the the model is you grow yourself you build yourself and you just help someone do the exact same thing. And if you've read The Go-Giver, you know, it's a fantastic small read in regards to leadership, personal growth, all of that. But it talks about like levels, the the rules and um, laws of success. And one of the main laws of success is that you don't grow unless you help someone else. I mean, that's just like that. You will stop. You will run into dead ends unless your eyes are... 
Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, unless your eye, your eyes are cast upon someone else and focusing on helping them grow. And I got to admit too, like that's something that I still work on. Cause if you want to grow, you're sometimes always reflecting on like me, what can I do? What can I do? You get stuck but, in me land. Yeah. Yep. I, and you got to take a step back and slap yourself in the face. Honestly, it, it, this can, we can turn this around and talk about the podcast quickly. When I yeah. first started, I thought, man, I want to talk. I love talking. I think I have, um, I think it's a natural uh, talent, but it's not something I've really worked at. Just talk about my life. And I was thinking, man, if I do a podcast and it's just me, what am I going to talk about? Sports? I will get old. It's not very wide, diverse. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, wait a minute. If I just bring, I love talking to very, very random people. If I bring someone like you on who's doing what you're doing, then the next week I bring someone who's a doctor and talk about what they're doing. And then let's say, you know, you start thinking about how do you grow? Well, if you know 100 people, and they listen to this, or 50 or 20 or one listens to this. The next week, I talk to someone who knows 10,000 people and 400 people listen to it, right? I'm leveraging my audience. I'm leveraging my plus one to just grow myself. And that's just, to me, I was like, oh, it makes so much sense, right? Like, why wouldn't yeah. you do that? As opposed to, what is Adam going to do? How is Adam going to do it? I'm going to go find some interesting, successful, driven people and have a conversation with them. And then I hope they turn around and tell one person. They tell one person, and that person turns around and tells one person. Uh, it, it takes the stress off of me, I feel like, and think, mm-hmm. okay. And at the same time, when I have Taj on here, it gives you the opportunity to talk about what you're doing, right? So it's a win-win to me, right? And it just makes more sense. And then I'm not capped at just the people that I know. Because could you imagine if right. I only brought on people that I knew and then you just limit yourself big time. It's kind of like mm-hmm. in business, if I just use only the money that I have, I'm limited on how much capital I have. When you bring in partners now, obviously there's more complications there, but the point is they have more capital, they know more people, they have more resources, etc. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, I, I want to touch on that in a second, but I just got to say you do such a great job as making that your main focus and communicating that. You do such a great job at that. It's the first thing that I noticed, you know, when when we met over Instagram, I was just trying to network and get to know people that I'm like, I could, you know, I could see myself just sitting in front of a coffee table with them and just chatting, right? Like that's when I network with and I look to build my network, like that's what I look at. And um, I noticed that like, yeah, you had a podcast and all of that. And I wanted to ask you more about that. And my biggest thing when I'm working on just connecting with people is my the biggest thing that's in my head is like, how can I just be interested in them? How can I let them know that I care about them and what matters to them? That helps me just keep moving forward. But you do that so organically. You do that like when you explain why you have the podcast. And I got to say, there was a post that you posted. Uh, I don't know how long it was ago, but I was checking out your your content not too long ago. And uh, it really stood out to me. It's like the main thing that sticks in my brain And I even shared it with my husband was like you were at dinner with your girlfriend and you were next to two guys and they were having something. I don't know if if you guys had two courses or something, but then you like shared each other's meal. And I'm like, that's something I would do. But it's just like, you know, I I was I was like, that's so it's so awesome because that's how it should be. Right. And that only comes with being genuinely interested in the person next to you. You didn't randomly go up and just like say, hey, do you want to split? I'm sure there was conversation. There was rapport that was built. There was respect that was was built, you know, and, and that just, I I looked at that and I was like, first of all, that's so much fun and awesome. And you're, you can tell by your laugh and your, your exchange that you were just genuinely being who you wanted to be in that moment. And you cared about that person. You cared about that connection you were making too. It wasn't like you were just trying to do something hard to create content. Right. It was just 
you were having that awesome moment and you enjoy it. And I just got to say, you do that very well. I appreciate it. So that's thank awesome, you. Dude. That's, yeah. that's a huge compliment, honestly, because it is, it is you you, you, you start to post more and you think I, I was the same way. I mean, I actually, two years ago, I just totally deleted all my social media because I thought, man, I don't want to, I don't like, you know, I don't like sharing. And now I think, well, wait a minute. I feel like I have the obligation. If, 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 if you read into that, the way that that's exactly what happened. Right. And so if that, yeah. if you can come away with a positive interaction and that makes you want to carry that forward to pay it forward, I have an obligation, I think, to share my life. Right. And just document. That. Yeah. By the way, we were at Michael Jordan Steakhouse. These two guys, I was wondering. These two guys were next to us. They were the coolest guys. And, and what's awesome is post COVID now, I, I go out, but Katie and I, more local stuff, that's a bigger, bigger dinner night for us. And when you go out, you're kind of like, okay, we are sitting really close to these people. I love to talk, but you worry that because I love to talk, am I going to annoy them, right? But they were yeah. exchanging back and forth. It led to a trade for steak and, uh, and mac and cheese. So <laughs> I that stood out to you because it was, it was awesome. Now, anyone that really knows me would not be surprised. They'd be like, that is so Adam, right? So the fact that you walked away like that, that makes me happy because that's what we're about. Let's, let's touch on this. What's okay. the biggest, and let's keep this one. I, I want this to be... It could be one 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 sentence, one word. What's the biggest okay. challenge in your business right now for you? Um, I think right now it's just establishing routine and transition. Awesome. You know, I think that's the biggest challenge. But I know that I'm I I know how to adapt. I know how to change. I know how to look at things in a way that I want them to be an outcome. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Do you mean like for me personally, or do you mean like for the, the growth, like the process if someone wants to grow this business? Do both. You said that was your personally, I think go, you want to go into the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to build this type of business, I think the biggest, and I talk about this a lot cause this is what I'm, I think is like my main niche. Um, most people have a hard time with building a business on the side because they have a hard time changing. And they think when they hear the word change that like everything's wrong with them and they have to change overnight and that they need to be this completely, they need to be Oprah like tomorrow. And I hope we don't get sued for like saying that name or something. But um, (laughs) I don't know, copyright? Uh, But like (laughs) trademark, that's the better word. But um, I think just, you know, a lot of people, the, the the biggest fear of man is the fear of change is what I've learned. But I'm, what I'm so like passionate about is helping people understand like, no, get excited for the process that's to come. I even say this with my personal training and nutrition clients, like get excited for change, get excited for the things you're going to stumble through, the things that you're going to have to learn, especially stumbling and then learning, right? But like get excited for the, the things that are foreign to you, get excited for the, you know, soreness you're going to feel for just like as an analogy, right? Yeah. But like, um, the process of change is hard for a lot of people. They think that they can just add something to their plate. And because they've added it, just like when someone starts a gym membership, that like that, that temporary change is going to create a result. And I don't want to sit here and be like, you need to work hard because yes, everyone needs to work hard. But I think just understanding the importance of change and, and being like yearn for it, man, like yearn for the grit and yearn for the difficulty, yearn for the thing that the, the whole process itself, because if you let's say you want to make a couple hundred bucks. OK, well, with where you're at now, you're not making a couple hundred bucks. 
So you have to change and you have to change habits. You have to maybe wake up at a different time. You maybe have to ask questions you've never asked before because you don't know how and that's uncomfortable. And then you have to learn how to do it again and over and over and over. And you have to and then you, it might not work, but yeah. that's okay because you you learn something along the way. You, you might not do something right. like that next time, right? Right. Absolutely. And also, like, I never tell anyone, you know, you're going to get rich quick because it's go broke fast. Like, this is a business that takes just like anything is a business that takes time. But let's say you you make 200 bucks because you've went through that process. You're a slightly different person now. And now if you want to get to the place where you want to make five thousand dollars. okay, well, now you have to go through a whole different process. So be eager for it. Be eager for the, the process. Don't be eager for the outcome. Be eager for the, the change process. And once you've made that change from $0, right? We're using money for the example. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be weight loss. It could be weight gain for bulking. But, right. But once you make yeah. the change from going $0 to $10 to $100, that change from making 100 a side hustle to 5000 nowhere near as difficult. It's, it's, it's you know, obviously a change, but... You're, it's not going to be as hard for you because you know what it's like to change now and you understand. Right. That's not overwhelming yeah. anymore. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, well, yeah. Um, or I just have to do it again and, you know, tinker with it and, and be willing to, I might have to spend a few hundred bucks. I might have to invest in my education here. Right? Like, to mm-hmm. know how to do this. It's okay. And that's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And that's okay. And people I get love worried. just saying People that. get worried that someone's going to see what they do. It doesn't work. And then they're going to reinforce. See, I don't know why you're wasting your time doing that. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a huge thing. You know, going back to your initial question of like, what's the big struggle? I think initially when I was thinking of transitioning from this Amway business and our mentorship group to what we're doing now or what at least I'm doing now is I was worried for just like a, you know, a hot second of like, you know, are people going to think that I think what I'm doing doesn't work? And it's not the case at all. But I was in this place where I had get, gotten to this place of growth and I wanted to implement that and steer that and help that in so many different areas. And it just wasn't, it wasn't happening the way I wanted to. And I had to reflect, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, in the next 10 years is what I'm looking at going to equate to this. And it wasn't, I had grown, I had produced new things that I wanted out of my life and out of our marriage. And, and in regards to business, I wanted to, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to create courses and that wouldn't have been able to happen over here. Right. So there's nothing wrong with what was going on. It's not that it was bad. It's just, you have to un- also understand when to take a step back and reflect and be like, how do I adapt and how do I transition and, um, I think it was for just a small period of time where I thought that like I cared like if people were going to what were people going to think but then I was like you know they're not paying my bills I'm just going <laughs> to lead with my gut and I'm you know like God's giving me signs that I need to make a change and I'm going to lead towards that and what really matters is like in the next 10 20 years and like what I want out of that and if I know this is going to equate to that then that's all that really matters yeah um and that that's can be a struggle for people too yeah you know it's definitely it's beautiful because you talk you're talking about I love the part of focusing on the process right like yearning for the process and also having your eye on the well, I'll just I'll say it because that's why what, what I respond to is the lifestyle that you want right I tell my girlfriend all the time, hey, when I'm 40, I'm not waking up and answering to a boss. There's just no way. I will be missing. No, you're not. My buddies and I, we have uh, talks all the time. And a few of them are in public accounting. And one of them is now in transaction services like myself. And we always laugh. We're like, man, if I'm 40 and I make 250 k a year, but I work a job and I have a boss, or I could be 40, make 
$75,000 a year, but I'm a business owner and I run my own schedule, I'll be so much happier. Right. I'll be more impressed with myself. So we've all like been on that. And so owning a business yeah. me is just, we're in America. That's like the dream. Like, yeah, it's not for everyone. Some people it's Tom Brady, one of my favorite athletes and, and Arnold have a very similar mindset. When we talk about being strict with yourself, tolerant with others, mm-hmm. Arnold opens up a speech and he says, Hey, being number one, being your, being your best isn't for everyone. Right. And that's okay. Right. But if you're in this room, I assume that you want to be your best. So let's talk about being your best, right? Yeah, so that's awesome. Being yeah. a business owner isn't for everyone, right? Having uh, Chasing your lifestyle isn't for everyone. Some some people, they just want to go to their job. They want to get paid. Hey, yep. I have no problem with that. I don't want that. But I respect them wanting that, right? And so, yeah, yeah. but focusing on the process and for me, the end goal of lifestyle, right? That's what I'm at. Yeah. I- yeah, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Love- and you won't be. Thanks. You won't be at a job forever. I appreciate it. No. Uh, well, who knows? Maybe we'll work together someday. Uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds okay. good. So you hit on you hit on your biggest your biggest challenge routine mm-hmm. transition, and then mm-hmm. you went into those other areas which we loved. Again, mm-hmm. we're on Abs Plus One Episode Four. We've got Taj Mahal on here. Just kidding, Taj. Hi, so you like Wildery? Wilding. Wilding. All right, Wilding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listeners are probably like, man, Adam's having people on. He doesn't even know how to say their names. Okay. But he does That's remember awesome. to remind you you're listening to Adam's Plus One, Episode Four. So let's go with that, right? Um, okay. Funny. What are your, like, these are going to be, I want one, to, you know, bullet points here. What are your strengths as a business owner? Um, I think now, just paying attention, despite the fact that I said, Austin in the beginning, I'm very interested in people. <laughs> I I love listening to people and I think that has become a strength. You know, it's crazy. I don't know if you've been, like experienced this when you were young or like with people that, that you might like have friends with at the gym or whatever, but I notice that when people aren't like, when they don't practice the skill set of like getting to know people right or they just aren't that way, they're always like looking over here or looking in different directions when you're having a conversation with them they don't remember your name and they they don't remember what they did yesterday and <laughs> I'm like I don't know how that happens but like the <laughs> like the that is something I worked very hard at because I didn't I didn't want that to ever be an experience in a conversation and so I think that's my strength now is just letting people know like I'm I, I'm listening to you <laughs> I'm listening to you I got you I care about you so I love that you're using that because before I ask you the next question, when I first started dating Katie, um, uh-huh. I've always known that I have strong eye contact. I, I, I make it a point. Like, on here, it's different. We're on the camera. But if you're in person, you'll, I think it, you notice it. Nobody's ever mentioned it, right? And I was, uh-huh. I've been dating Katie for about two months. And her brother and his, his, uh, his wife would come over for dinner. So I only would see them once a month, maybe. So maybe after the second or third time I'd hung out with her entire family, we were hanging out and she said to me, my brother was like, dude, Adam has some intense (laughs) 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 This man like beams you when you're talking. And so I I always felt that so funny because when you say that, I do pick up on most people. Like I'm like chasing their eyes as we're trying to have a conversation. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, it's a, it's a self-image thing, but, um, but also it's like an attention span. (laughs) but you know I sat with someone once I was having a business meeting with someone and was talking to them um about you know business obviously but like at the end of our conversation 
she looked at me and she was like, I can tell that you say what you mean because you have really great eye contact. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not like, you know, lying to me or anything and you're not trying to, you know, see, try, you're not, yeah, I wasn't trying to like be fake or anything and I never will be because it's way too much energy that I don't want to waste. But like, yeah, I just, I was, yeah, making eye contact with her. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up. Here's some here's some uh, stuff on my past. I grew up with a father who unfortunately was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and he was he had a really you could tell. I mean, I love my dad, right? Like he's my dad. My dad's my dad, so you could just tell he felt very uncomfortable after binging and being in a room with other people when we had to walk on eggshells for weeks, and then he would have a hard time when he talked to you, like looking you in the eye, because I mean. It, yeah. When you're not confident in who you are, it's going to be hard to look another person in the eye, right? Yeah. So I always, um, I think kind of what you talked about earlier, you chase the opposite. I always wanted people around me to know that they could count on me. I was going to be there mm-hmm. and I was going to be consistent. And that if I messed up, I was going to look them in the eye and be like, dude, I fucking suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? And I think it starts with, can you look someone in the eye, right? And just be like, yo. That was not my best. Yeah. You deserve better, right? As a friend, yeah. as a, even to my mom, right? Like that's that's very important to me. So, no, I love yeah. it. I love it, man. I can tell you have great eye contact, good body language. Okay, you talked about your strengths as a business owner. What are you? What's your? Give me a few. Maybe, not, if you don't have a few, it's okay. But what are your weaknesses, or what what stands out there? Weaknesses as a business owner. Weaknesses as a business owner. I think I'm still growing in the like the systems phase of like always developing systems that are keeping me moving forward, right? Like I'm always discovering new things on how to be more efficient on how to like create systems to communicate with people faster and better, um, how to deliver a better service faster and better. Um, I'm always working on that a lot because, you know, like it, it's, it's crazy. The more that you know, the more you realize you don't know. And so with that as a business owner, I feel like my biggest weakness is like, you know, that I'm stumbling upon systems to be more organized, even though I am a fairly organized person. Yeah, it's just that's something that I've always struggled with. I think one thing that I am always working on, I have a therapist and I love her. Her name is Molly. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. She's really cool. And she like has helped me so much with (laughs) um, like just like I told you before, like that black or white type of thing that lack of empathy that I struggled with for a long time I also like struggled a long time I've been an athlete forever and so just like holding myself to that super high standard of like you have to be at this place and I for a long time would put that on other people and I think my I don't know if it's my weakness still but it's something that I'm always working on so maybe it's like I'm turning it into a strength where I'm not casting that on people anymore I'm holding myself to a higher standard, but I'm not holding other people that I work with or that I lead. It, not that I, not that I shouldn't. You should hold people in your life and in your stand in your circle to a standard, but not to the point where they don't feel like they can ever meet it. Yeah, and that's what I had done for a long time, and it led a lot. It pushed a lot of people away. Yeah, um, because. Uh, you know, and it was, I look back at it now, I was like, I was a psychopath. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I was like, why did, why did people, why were they around me? And, oh, Siri just got activated. But, um, you know, it, it, it didn't make any sense. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Oh, you're fine. 
Sorry, my Siri like just did something weird. Um, anyways, but I I had to hold myself to my own standard and recognize that was just for me. And then I had to just focus on like, it was like a separate skill set of connecting with people and letting them know like, I'm holding you to a standard, but you can do it. Yeah. And also like you're capable of more and, and I'm going to help you get there. And if you don't achieve it, it's not that you can't ever achieve it, but I, but we're going to work on it together and we're not going to beat ourselves up here because it's not going to get us anywhere. No, you're right. Um, you're definitely right. Yeah. Now, that, that's a great approach. Where I can relate to you on that is in my life, especially with my younger sister, Maggie, she's the best example of how I had to learn how to do something very similar. And that is I have I had I wouldn't say I do anymore, but but because of my sister, Maggie, who put me through this tutorial without even noticing it is I could tell that I would I'd push her away because she would come to me with any issue in life or just maybe to vent immediately. I would go into coach Adam mode, right? Like this is what you got to do. I'm a guy. So let's just fix it. And then I would mm-hmm. notice, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can recognize patterns. She would come to me less. And when she did, I could see right after I'd give my response, it, it was never like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I wasn't reading the room. My sister wanted to come to me and vent and just be told it's going to be okay. So yeah, simple phrase I use and she always brings it up now. I've been doing it for years. Maggie will text me or call me. The first thing I say to her, I listen to her and I say, do you want to vent or do you want advice? Mm-hmm. And guess what? When she, sometimes she goes, Adam, I just want to vent. Then you know what I tell her? I'm just going to get in the ditch with you, right? I'm just going to sit in here with you and be here for you, right? Mm-hmm. Or she'll say, hey, let me finish venting and then I'll let you know when I want advice. And then yeah. I keep listening to her and then I, I find a way to and communicate it properly, right? The first thing I always mm-hmm. do before I give her advice is, hey, I think you should do whatever you find best. This is what I would do. But whatever you do, I love you. You're my sister and I support you. Because all she really wants to do, once I've figured this out, she just wants to know that I love her, I support her, and I'm here for her as her brother. And dude, yeah. when I switched that, we got so much closer. Like, it was amazing. So, yeah. but understanding that, it's hard. That's emotional intelligence. That's your EQ. And you have to take your pride, set it aside. It's hard. Not easy. Not easy to do. It's not. It's not. Because, I mean... I, I totally relate with you. I have a very similar situation. Do you only have sisters or do you have a brother too? Tosh, as the middle, I'm kind of crazy, right? Check this out. I've got an older sister, got uh-huh. an older brother. I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. You can't tell You're me what it's sandwich. like because I know every which way it's like. You know everything. I got it all. Oh my gosh. I got it all. I only have brothers, so... It's funny because my husband only has sisters. And so when we got married, I was like, I don't know how women work. And I was just, it was so hard. Like eight years later, we're just now (laughs) connecting, you know? Um, But anyways, what I was going to say is like, I very much relate to you and how it's not, it's not just a switch. Like it's work. Like you, you learn in, you learn how to establish that. And I have a family very much is like, they just want to vent. They have a lot going on based off their own decisions that I don't always 100% agree with. And so the outcome is always like, you know, this crap that's coming in on the other end of the phone. And um, I have to just establish the the foundation. Like, are we going to vent here? Or are you calling me because you need support? Like, what do you need? Because I can very much go into like, well, this is what we might need to change, but also, like, that's not my position. That's not my responsibility. That's not what I'm here for. So most of the time, it is 
just for venting. Just venting. So you put your and, vent hat on, right? You become the, mm-hmm. you become the. I'm going to get in the ditch and let you vent. And yeah. And then it, 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 it takes pressure off you because you understand what role you're playing as opposed to mm-hmm. just reacting. Right. Right. You can just say, yeah, uh-huh. And that's all they need too. Oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> that asshole, they did that to you? Really? <laughs> How dare they? Okay, so we've crushed a lot. And so I think mm-hmm. we've talked about changing growth. I feel like we have. I feel good on that. Yeah. You feel good yeah. on that? You want to talk about that anymore? Hey, okay. All right, let's get into some more relaxed convo as we wrap it up here. We've got you for another like seven minutes. Okay. I think you touched on how the heck we started following each other on IG. So I don't even think we need to talk about that. I think we're good there. I really do. It was my fault. Yeah. I did it. You did it. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's totally cool. This is a natural <laughs> conversation. We just have a list that we just follow like like robots. Kidding. Okay. <laughs> so I like to get to know people. We talked about it last night. We touched on it a little bit. But anytime I'm getting to know someone, the first thing I ask them is, what music do you listen to? Because it tells me a lot about that person, right? But I'm going to give you a more specific example. What music okay. would I catch you jamming to in the car? And we're going to break it down. What music would I catch you listening to jamming in a car on the way to the grocery store on a Saturday? Let's start there. Mm. What are you listening to? Okay. These are the vibes. Oh, of- man. There's there's so many things, man. All right. Well, hey, there's what so are you listening many. to today, man? I was listening to a podcast. Uh, Adam's Plus One, I bet. It's all good. Or was it Austin's <laughs> Plus One? I don't know. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's he? Who's he? Exactly. Um, man. I mean, like the other night, I was listening to Christina Aguilera, my poor husband, and then the and then we were listening to oh this other guy that he just started listening to, and he's really good. Have you heard the song "Drip" or "Drop"? No, it's by. That's what I was wondering if you knew because I forgot. Um, but must, we must like, look it up now. But we'll figure it out. Go ahead, keep going. We shall. I listen to like Israel Hefton. He's a Christian singer. Um, oh, cool. I'll listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth I'll listen one. to Aretha Franklin. I'll listen to uh, Van Halen. Ooh, like, I love, Van Halen. I lo- oh, yeah. That's oh, my cool. gosh. I'll right. listen to Kansas. Right. I'll listen to, like, Fleetwood Mac. I love, I oh, my gosh. I love rock, but I love pop, and I love hip-hop. There's a lot of things, though, that I'm like, like, the whole rap going into country thing, I'm not a part of. Like, I just... You know, I, the, jumped off that band, okay. I can't. I can't. I've tried. I'm like, I appreciate you guys and that you're jamming and that you're feeling things. That's for you. Yeah. But, like, for me, no. Yeah. Um, like, old, old country, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I love it all, man. I, I think I'll have to, like, go to the store because today's Saturday and I'll just have to text you what I listen yeah, to. Yeah, but do. Usually I, really need to I don't listen to Fire. I need to listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. I'm bad about that. I feel like a loser. I'm a loser for not listening to that. No, you're not. Okay. But it's very surprising. But you're not. Okay. I'll send you a song today. <laughs> send you a song. One more situation. You're in the car. Yes. You're jamming. You're on the way to train lower body. That's all we're going to ask. What are you listening to okay. on the way to jam a lower body? That's a mindset you got to get into. When you got to go do Bulgarian split squats, you got to get into it, right? The right mindset. What are you jamming to? It's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. 100%. All right. Is there a certain song? Is that like, is like, what's, what's... The Stone... Um, is this up tempo? What type of like tempo are we talking here? Like almost disco tempo. Okay. Okay. Right. That's interesting. So <laughs> that's interesting. I'll try it. Let me I'll give it a shot next. Also okay. Lizzo, like it's just a good, you know, um, let's see. What Let was me that just... last point you made? I think you made a point. Did you say Izzo? 
Lizzo? Lizzo, oh. <laughs> I thought oh, I thought Lizzo you were being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, oh, man. There's so many. Getaway, In the Stone, and Mighty Mighty. Those are my top three. All right, cool. Cool. I wrote, I'll send those over to you. Send them, but, send them like, over. I don't know. I just, I dance at the gym. Like, I just get into, I don't really care who's looking because I'm there to work out. You're there to but, like, no, I feel- yeah. But if you got to dance, that's another thing, too. Like, get your rest in for a heavy rep. I can't deadlift, like, pronated grip yet. But when I do, oh, my gosh. Like, I'll just get – it helps me just get up that next – like, if I need to add five pounds, man, I'm trying to hit 315, and I want to hit 320. Like, it's a song. <laughs> in college, I went hard on my uh, – we just we just went hard. My buddy Joe was an engineer on squatting. We did a whole squat program. I mean, I love squatting, but we just – we're squatting like two or three times a week, like with a specific program. And it was so fun. I would listen to that same song every time we squatted. And I'm a Dave Matthews fan, but I would listen to um, Space Between every single time. I love that song. Doesn't don't doesn't make any sense why. I don't know why, but it just got me in the right mindset. My heart rate was yeah. at the right spot where I needed to listen to that song before I squatted. Yeah. Funny thing. Okay. This is the last question before. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! I just said it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, man. I, I when I, now when that song comes on, all I see is like three, four plates. I'm like, oh my god, Jesus! Okay. <laughs> just hating life. If you could go back, this is this is the last question before the last question. So it's the second to last question. No, let's do some math. If you could go back and rewatch one movie for the first time again, meaning you go back and rewatch it, you wipe your memory and you're watching it for the first time again, what movie would you rewatch for the first time? I think this is such a telling question, right? Of like people. Oh, there's so many. There's so many good ones. Um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I don't really care because it's so good. Is the wedding singer really? And yeah, and the reason why is because they're so. First of all, you have humor because Adam Sandler, and then you have softness because um, of Drew Barrymore, but like. It's good, like, if you're laughing at it for the first time, you're laughing your butt off because it's just, like, it's solid humor. But then you also, there's anticipation because, you know, you have anticipation for the plot of the whole story and, like, what's going to happen. And then at the end, when he sings to her on the airplane, you're crying. Like, you're, and if you're not, like, at least you're kind of emotional somewhere in your soul. And just, you have the whole trifecta of emotions for a movie that you're going to see again for the first time. I've thought about this. I was like, there's so many movies, you you know. I knew you would have a tough time with that, by the way. Huh? I knew you would have a tough time with that. That's a tough question. It is. It is a a tough question. But The Wedding Singer, for sure. Oh, quick, cool. So we got the, The Wedding Singer, right? Mm-hmm. So she would rewatch the wedding singer again. What would you? Who else? What would you rewatch? A lot of my friends. My friends. I love doing this. If my friends, if you go through my content, there's a really funny reel I made a while ago, like maybe like last year, and it was, it was what people think I'm listening to based off of my outfit, and I'm like doing side battle raises to Rocky Balboa, even though I love his music anyways to, from the movies, but like that's what mm-hmm. it looks like based off what I'm wearing. Then the next one I'm doing shoulder press. What my friends think I'm listening to. And it's Eminem with T.I., All She Wrote, which I'm a huge Eminem fan. But then I'm on the Stairmaster, and it says what I'm actually listening to, and it's like Mariah Carey, and it's like, I'm I'm like that. So anyways, my friends would guess probably like one of the Batman movies with Bale, because I love those. But it's that is probably the best movie with, with the Joker that I've ever seen in the theater. However, other things play a factor. I would go back and watch 
Infinity Endgame, not Infinity War, Endgame, because mm. even the theater that night, it was packed on opening night. You know, I was with my best friend in college, and it was just one of the greatest times that we had together. And I never, I'll never forget, like, you're going on this ride knowing a lot of these guys are on their last contract, so this is it. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. see that hammer drop, dude, and then you see it get lifted up, and Cap picked it up, dude, and, and Thor says, I knew it. I mean, if you're a huge Marvel fan, there's that moment, right, in Ultron where yeah. he moves it, and Cap could have picked it up, right? And I don't know if you know, do you know, do you know why he didn't pick it up in Ultron? No. I don't. A lot of people thought he wasn't worthy. That's BS. Cap was always worthy. No. The reason Cap didn't pick it up is because his best friend Thor has a big ego. And he knew that if he picked it up in front of everyone, it would hurt his best friend's ego. So he never picked up the hammer. The only time he did was when his friend's life was on the line. He had to. And it's awesome Mm -hmm. how we all were like, oh my gosh, we're waiting for that moment. And Thor says, I knew it. I just thought that was so beautiful. The way they wrapped up the whole movie. But that theater, man, people were getting up clapping and I'll never that's that so good right? it's so amazing yeah I would watch that you know oh, that's such a good one too oh yeah I was thinking about that too just in, in regards to like cinematic environment and right. like what you're going to experience and I I'm gonna be real like I used to go to the movies all the time I used to work at the movie theater that was like one of that was my second job Great. in life and uh I I haven't gone to movies very often so <laughs> I was like drawing a blank with that but no that's so True. That is so. That would be. That would have been perfect. Perfect movie. And then you have to. You have to take the audience into account. But I want to say to anyone listening, is that the exact reason why Cap didn't pick it up on Ultron? Okay, there's probably no exact reason. But <laughs> listening to a lot of people that have written online and like some of the people that made the movie and built the character, it makes sense. Like that to me, that's the most logical. So don't at me. But all right. Okay. It's fine. Closing question. But before you give your closing <laughs> answer to this question. Okay. Can you please give everyone your Instagram handle? Because I would like them to know who, where to go to follow you if they would like to. Yes. It's just underscore Taj Wilding. Um, How do you spell that? Dude? That's, that top- oh, so okay. sorry. T-A-Z-H-W-I-L-D-I-N-G. No R's. And the <laughs> <laughs> and it's very much like you're going to feel like you want to say Tazaha. And you're right on, but that's not how you say it, but that's how you spell it. Yeah, so, I was calling yeah. Taz all week, Taz and Taz to Katie, so I was on happy that you corrected it beforehand. That's all good. That's all, all right. good. First of all, I want you to know, before we go to this closing question, I've had a great time. I know we went a little bit over time, Same. but I've had an awesome okay. with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Thank you. Closing question. And when I, every, by the way, listeners, everyone that comes on the show, I'm going to give everyone a different closing question. So it's always going to be cool. Okay. This is going to be awesome. Here's the closing question. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, Adams Plus One, episode four with Taj, again, just please share it with someone. Here we go. Closing question. Taj, what has been your most defining moment in life up to this point? You know, um, this is this is very, this is the only thing that I can think of, and it's very personal, because I think there's a lot of times where in life, like you're, you're changing, right? And you're like, awesome, new level, new devil, I'm changing, awesome. But I think the biggest defining moment was, um, I'm just gonna say it, but it was, I was in a therapy session with my therapist uh, and she was walking me through a timeline to help me with something that was traumatic in my life. And I was going through a spiritual journey, like, trying to figure out my own relationship with my God. 
in fact, I had a lot of skepticism and doubt and just like, you know, this whole God thing, right? And uh, she was walking through me through a timeline to help me with trauma. And she had used, you know, this imagery of basically Jesus saving me from this traumatic thing that I had gone through. And when you sent me this question, I had to think about it. It's the, the only thing that really comes to the forefront of my mind. And I'm very proud of it. And I, you know, for anyone who hears this and is uncomfortable, I hope just the whole thing of what I want to say in regards to this helps you is that um, the defining moment that I had in that moment where she kind of just helped me move on to this next place in my life was that I let go of so many things that were causing me this lie of anxiety. Anxiety, like, it's a very touchy topic, right? I was struggling with it for a long time. But at that moment, it felt like just shackles had been taken off. And from then on, I was not struggling with it. And I, the reason I say that's a defining moment is because I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people that struggle with the, the you know, issue of anxiety, but they let it define them. And that was a moment where I was like, this is no longer a part of what I can even relate to or even just describe as defining me. And I like, man, I just took off. Like I was... You know, so many things were so easier to accomplish and do and move forward with. And um, I had this confidence that I could just stand on like this foundation I'd created for myself. And I felt like I could move towards all these other things that I wanted to work towards. Um, it wasn't, I, th- I don't think a defining moment for me is something that I've accomplished because I've accomplished a lot. Right. But I, um, you know, what you take with you is like, honestly, what you grow and you develop and you show up to consistently every day. And I think the thing that, um, that, that, de- that defining moment for me was just like, man, I am, I know who I am and I, I know where I can run and, and, and the world is totally mine. And, um, just that increase of confidence and it elevated in all these other areas of my life that I wanted to elevate in, like helping people and the confidence to help people, growing in myself, an understanding of of what I needed to do to grow myself, to help other people and to show up that way. And my vision cleared up too. Because I think when you're, when you're struggling with those types of things, anxiety, depression, there's just this cloudiness because there's all this doubt of all these thoughts that are going in your head, right? And those thoughts aren't from you, by the way, because who would want to think a negative thought? But, but like, I could have let those be something that create a cap. And it just felt like they withered away. And um, whether you're a believer or not, like, I will never push my faith on anyone. But that is for sure my, my experience and my biggest moment. When I hear defining moment, I think of like a switch that just became something that you can like, build upon right and continue to move forward that for the the time before that you kept you keep running into maybe dead ends or there was lack of clarity um so anyways that is is mine and i'm very excited to share it and whenever i sit with someone across the table and faith comes up i do share that because i want them to know that they matter their story matters and I think that also came to me in that in that moment as well too is like the importance of other people knowing that they're the things they do, the things they grow through, like you building this podcast, Adam, and you focusing on other people, like this matters so much because 
it's true to you because it resonates with you. And so that was a big part of um, that switch that I had that I made was like understanding, okay, like I need to know how to grow myself to grow other people to tell them that their story matters and to have more of those moments as well, too. That's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's thanks. wonderful. And one thing I want to comment on, talked about it earlier, we talked about therapy and, uh, and whatnot. I'm just proud of you, man. Like super Thank you. proud of you because it's one thing, it's one thing to, to develop ourselves, right? To look at ourselves, to look at ourselves in the mirror objectively and, and, and be critical. It's another thing to literally go get that type of help and put yourself out there like that. Put yourself in a position that's uncomfortable. And then for that to have happened to be your defining moment, I'm happy it came back up in this conversation because I meant to tell you then that I'm super proud of you for number one, doing it. Obviously, it's very difficult. Also, being proud of it and talking about it because we do live in a society where, unfortunately, I think we're getting better. I really do where... I like seeing mm-hmm. pro athletes talk about because they're they're in such a limelight therapy too, and I hope mm-hmm. we normalize it because yeah we all have some garbage we're carrying around and all it is really is maintenance and it's important right right and so yeah you talking about that switch and then talking about the podcast what I love about it is your defining moment it wasn't an achievement because I'm going to give a quick analogy and then we'll wrap it up one of my favorite movies go figure is with Eminem Eight Mile and he goes in the last rap battle and he wins and he, he does really well right. Most people would think defining moment was winning on stage and, and crushing it. But if you watch the movie, the defining moment is right before the end because he chokes in the beginning. So all the way to the end, he's going to go back into the rap battle. He's in the bathroom, and he's just looking in the mirror, right? And it's like the coolest scene. It's so quiet. He's just looking at himself, right? His friend walks in, Cheddar Bob, and he says, Hey, you drew lickety split in the first round, right? Because he wants him to know that's where your opponent is. Eminem is just like, doesn't even look at him. He's looking at himself. And he goes, good. I don't give a fuck who it is. And he just keeps looking at himself. That was the defining moment in the movie. Because at that moment, he was like, I'm comfortable with who I am. I know what I can do with a microphone in my hand. I'm good with me. Now I'm going to go mm-hmm. out and I'm going to compete. And that was it. When he went out there, it didn't matter who was crushing him. It doesn't matter. Right. I don't care what other people are doing with their podcasts. Like, this matters to me. And every plus yeah. one that comes out matters to me. That's what matters, mm-hmm. right? Like, like mm-hmm. what? What am I doing today? What are we doing right now? As long as once you're once you have that battle won with being good with who you are, not that you're perfect because we're not we're not perfect, but that's <laughs> no, it's not thing. And then like when you talked about your defining moment, going back to you, that uncapping that right, and and, mm-hmm. and now you're free to go grow yourself, grow others. So excited for you, dude! So I wanted to share that. Thank you. When you were talking about that defining moment. I, I was like, man, that's cool that it wasn't an achievement. I, I was, I don't know what it's going to be. I, I don't to the audience. I don't know what these people are going to answer when we when I write we write these questions. So that was really powerful. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know how this is going to be taken, but I hope it helps somebody. And either way, if it doesn't like that was mine. So, and thank you for comparing me to Eminem. Oh, dude, of course. <laughs> of course. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I was going to take me to a therapy session for it to Eminem a mile, but I tried to set it up. I love it. Uh, anyway, no, hey, he's awesome. I kept you a few minutes late, so I'm going to give you the chance to hate me for a while, but just kidding. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you. You're awesome. We'd love to have you on again sometime. You're, you, dude, you crushed it. And I just really appreciate you. Oh, Super thanks. proud of you. Happy to know you. You're in my circle now, and it feels great to have yes. you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me and letting me part of, be part of this. I really am. I just feel so honored. I do. And, uh, and I'm so grateful if you have me on again. I think it would be really fun. We can't wait. Um, 
thank you again and good luck to you. I'm so excited for this podcast and where it's growing because you are in a headed you're headed in such a great direction, especially with how you think about things and how you like pe- and you love people. So, thank you so much. I'm really excited for you. Awesome. That was Taj, ladies and gentlemen. Taj, it was Adam's plus one episode four remember she was our first female guest and no i didn't plan it it was on international women's week but we'll take credit for it here and so we're <laughs> going to wrap up the episode you can find this episode on spotify i'm working on getting on apple podcast follow us on instagram we'll have some reels up this week thank you taj have a great day